Businesses across the state are locked into a new normal, and any true economic revival could be years away. I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with your Oregonian. Up next, reporter Mike Rogaway talks about the latest unemployment figures and the overall state economic forecast, and explains why things aren't as bad as experts feared they would be. We talked about how the economic recession is playing out differently in eastern and southern Oregon, why downtown Portland is a ghost town, but experts aren't ready to give up on it altogether, which business sectors are still likely to see permanent closures going forward, and much more. Here's our conversation. Mike Rogway, thanks so much for taking time to talk today. Andrew, I'm glad to be here. So we are more than half a year into this world that we live in now with the pandemic and the recession and working from home and economic calamity. Uh, how are we doing? Well, there, there's two ways to, to look at it. On the one hand, you know, the number of people filing jobless claims has increased almost fivefold. Uh, and the unemployment rate is up to 7.7%. So that's, that sounds terrible. But it's a lot better than where we thought we would be last spring. State economists were talking about 20% unemployment. Uh, the actual unemployment rate last spring got up to nearly 15%. And the number of new people, new jobless claims filed has fallen to its lowest rate since February, which means that very few people are getting laid off. Now, you know, there are a lot of people who are out of work. That's, there's no way to minimize that. And the crisis right. at, the, at the employment department meant that, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of them had to wait weeks or months to get their benefits. But where we are right now is, is, is pretty solid footing. Now, that said, uh, there's some reason to believe that we may not get that much better uh, going forward. The rate of improvement is certainly seems to be slowing, and economists look at things they sometimes describe as the core unemployment rate or permanent mm -hmm. unemployment rate. Those are people who don't expect to be called back to work. Those numbers are stable or rising, which suggests there's going to be some long-term unemployment, long-term damage to the economy. Uh, so one, one, I'll, I'll say one other thing. Economists talk about this 90% this economy. Uh, I think that's a term the Economist magazine may have coined. And the, the idea is that the economy is doing about 90% of what it usually does. You know, we're working, Nike's working, Intel's factories are humming, a lot of in Oregon's big employers are going along as before. But restaurants, hotels, entertainment, there's no path for those things to return, mm. not anytime soon. And so... And and schools are still closed, and right. so there's there's this ceiling on how far back uh, we can come, uh, while those things are are not there. And so, in aggregate, you know, we're doing better than we thought we would be, but we're not doing great. Yeah, let's we can talk about about uh, restaurants and some business closures maybe a little later. But um, you recently took a look and examined um, how this is all playing out around the state, and you know it's not it's not as bad, right, in in southern Oregon or eastern Oregon or uh, other parts of the state as it is here in the metro area, right? This was a big surprise to me because in the Great Recession, if you were in Crook County, you just got hammered. It, mm -hmm. You know, I forget it. Unemployment there might have been 
15, 17%, it was really rough. And it took a long time for that to come back. You know, the, the rural parts of the state, small towns, this has been true in, in successive downturns. They have fewer resources to come to, to bring to bear, you know, less, fewer sources of investment, less stability, industries that are concentrated and declining, fewer schools. Uh, and so they've, when we've had recessions, they've always had it worse. The numbers show right now for the coronavirus recession show kind of the reverse. You know, uh, job losses in the Portland area and the coast are around 10%. Mm-hmm. But it's half that in eastern or southern Oregon. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, they're less concentrated in the sectors that can't come back, restaurants and hotels and things like that. It's it's not that there isn't tourism in those places. Their economies are just less dependent on it. And the other thing is that there are some elements of the economy that are, are pretty stable. Um, the, economy, the state economist for eastern Oregon told me a quarter of all jobs out there are government jobs. Now, in time, government jobs may go away too as as public funding dries up, but they weren't the first things to be cut when businesses close. Government doesn't respond as quickly. You know, they're on an annual budget cycle, so they don't cut right away. Right. It's this slingshot that might come, you know, back and, and, and hit the public sector harder, right? It, it, it could be. It could be. Although the state revenue forecast was much better for the reason for so many of the reasons that we were talking about you know the feds poured a ton of money into Oregon's economy and everyone else uh helping small businesses and providing uh bonus uh $600 weekly bonuses to laid off workers that all that money was taxable mm-hmm. and so those kept Oregon's government coffers you know relatively well off and federal spending hasn't dropped so those those government jobs you know, may survive for a period of time. If this can be a short recession, then those outlying areas uh, in the state may not feel it as badly as some of the urban and coastal areas. But as you know, it, it could play out differently. It all depends on how long this goes and how deep it goes. Yeah, this is just a moment in time, but the, but that was a um, an interesting snapshot that you highlighted uh, recently uh, in your in your coverage. So. I guess if we stay closer to home here in the Portland area, um, you know, downtown, I think, has just been fundamentally changed at the moment. Um, and our colleague, Jamie Goldberg, highlighted some recent trends down there, including business closures, but also subleases, right? Um, without having Jamie here, uh, can, can you talk a little bit about what the scene is downtown and what businesses are doing to adjust? Yeah, Jamie's been writing about this for a while. And Andrew, I don't know how often you're downtown. I, I'm, I'm down there pretty often. Jamie found that only 5 to 10% of offices downtown are occupied right now. Uh, it's astounding. Are, yeah, yeah, isn't it? it it's, it's sort of a ghost town. And as a result, you have many, many employers seeking to lease out their office space. The share of offices available for sublease jumped 36% in the spring quarter, according to Jamie's findings. And so that's an, uh, everybody wants out, you know, if somebody will take over their lease, they would be thrilled. Uh, that said office vacancy rates in the sense that the offices aren't under lease only increased a little bit. And that's because nobody can get out of their lease. And <laughs> right. Because everyone's trapped. Right. And if, if you, you know, if you do want space, you know, you'll sublease rather than, than, move into something brand new or something that was vacant, you can probably get a pretty good deal right now. 
So that's that's what's going on now. Because downtown is is vacant, you know, there's other things are moving in. Uh, there's a lot of homelessness. There's a lot of trash. There's a lot of graffiti. We had protests. The protests have been less frequent and mm-hmm. less often downtown over the last month or month and a half. But downtown certainly has a rep right now. And there's an open question right now. Has this done permanent damage to downtown's image? Has it done permanent damage to Portland's image? Or will it spring back? The folks Jamie talked to thought, hey, we're looking at a two-year recovery period, but the recovery will happen. I think Portland's downtown has a couple things going for it. One, it's it's centrally located. You know, you've got Vancouver to the north. You've got, mm-hmm. you know, Wilsonville, Tualatin, Tiger to the south, at Gresham to the east. Uh, you know, it, it's right in the middle of everything. And it's beautiful. It's right on the river. So I, I think there's reasons to believe downtown will recover whatever bad publicity or problems that it's had right now. But it may be a while. In the meantime, you've got businesses, both uh, large and medium-sized and and small trying to save a buck if they can by subleasing their their space if, um, if they could find somebody to lease it they would and i think you could get an excellent deal if you wanted downtown office <laughs> space right now but nobody does because yeah. nobody wants you know nobody wants to be in an office right now so it's uh you know they're putting out that that, that uh you know dating profile and no one's responding <laughs> that's that's exactly right there is there is evidence uh that uh that some areas in the some markets are, are are doing better, like Cruiseway and Lake Oswego, things seem to be stronger there. There is some evidence that people are looking at the suburbs. The standard has temporarily at least moved the small number of people who are in the office out to Hillsboro, and they've suggested if if the city doesn't clean up its act, they they may move out there. They may move more yeah. people out there permanently. Uh, Port- Portland, for all this, you know, Jamie's findings suggested that. We're not that different from, say, Denver. Our subleasing rates are just about the same as Denver, which nobody says, oh, Denver protests and all this. It's just, <laughs> but they've got pandemic just like we do. Yeah. Uh, Seattle, interestingly, uh, they, they were, their subleasing rates were somewhat lower than ours. We we're, were at 36%. We jumped 36%. They jumped 22%. My own hunch is that that reflects. Uh, a few anchor tenants in downtown, like Amazon, which isn't going to sublease its corporate off corporate headquarters. Yeah, when you've got tens of thousands of employees uh, uh, in yeah. those uh, in those offices up in South Lake Union, uh, they're not going anywhere. No. Um, well, let's maybe switch gears a little bit. We mentioned uh, business closures. I know this isn't um, you know it's hard to keep track of all this stuff. But recently, you know, we've had staying downtown or old town CC Slaughters, uh, you know, an iconic. Um, gay club um, that closed down permanently performance venues and nightclubs are really hurting nationally right now for obvious reasons. Um, and then we've had some high profile closures uh, Vitaly Paley and, and several of his restaurants. Um, what else um, are you hearing about or seeing in terms of businesses that have decided, you know, we can't, we can't do this right now. Well, that, that that's, you, you've described it. I mean, I think for a while, businesses were being kind of propped up by the CARES Act, by the um, Paycheck Protection Program right. uh, that Congress approved in back in March. And that money's gone. You know, those businesses have spent it. And so the things that kept them afloat up until now, that's fallen out from under this. J- Jamie wrote an article about this just a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, and the businesses in the categories you're describing, entertainment, restaurants, nightclubs, bars, they're trying to make that calculation right now. How long can they last? You know, many have limped along through the summer with outdoor dining mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, a few have indoor service. That's that's not going to be as viable. You know, we, you and I know Portland pretty well. It's, it's going to get rain. wet here in a hurry. Yeah. And it'll be cold and damp and people won't want to be outside having a nice dinner. People might still go outside and sit under an umbrella and have a beer. It is Portland. People are pretty hearty. But I think we're going to have a lot less of that. So that's a big risk for for all these institutions. Uh, I wrote last week about one of Portland's best-known retailers, Powell's, which has partially reopened its downtown store. They've opened their Beaverton store, but they have not reopened their Hawthorne store. They hope to have them all open by Christmas, by the Christmas shopping season. But what we're accustomed to when we go to Powell's is browsing, you know, for half hour, three hours, long period of time in a store with a lot of people. And that just doesn't work. They're they're not going to be able to allow tons of people into the store. You might be able to go in and get your book and come out, but it's not really Powell's model. They say that they're not facing an existential crisis anymore. They'll, they'll make it through this, but they'll be limping along for a period of time. There's a lot of treading water, um, for, uh, um, you know, in, in open seas for, uh, an interminable amount of time here. You can't see the shoreline. That's a good metaphor that, that, that's it. And that's, you know, the, the metaphor that Emily Powell used in our, our article was they, they haven't found their way out of the woods yet. And, but they, they know there's a path. And I, I think that's true. We haven't seen, with all the restaurants and bars closing, we haven't seen large numbers of retailers closing. Now, some haven't reopened. Some say they may not, uh, like Kasab Jewelers, which mm-hmm. uh, was looted on the first night of protests back in May. The Apple Store downtown has not reopened since then. Uh, but many other retailers are continuing to operate in some diminished way and I think perhaps can limp along somewhat longer this way. Uh, but again, you know, we talk about this 90% economy. If they can't come all the way back, eventually it'll be an issue. And I don't know. I think it's too soon to say whether we're, you know, people stick around through Christmas, I'll bet. But are we talking January, February? How long can they go this way? Well, let's take a break and come back and talk a bit more with Mike Rogway. Mike, I know you don't have a crystal ball, um, and we're talking in a news climate where things change seemingly every day, if not every hour. But um, how much has the lack of an additional federal stimulus affected uh, business operations and kind of the long-term viability here in Oregon for both workers and for businesses? For the, for the business owners in certain sectors, you're seeing it from the airlines, which none of them are based here, but Alaska Airlines has a large number of people in the Portland area, um, particularly on the Clark County side of the river. Uh, and, you know, hotels, restaurants, uh, not having that support is a, a real concern. I, I get a plea in my inbox almost every day from someone in the hotel industry saying, we really need this support. You know, something needs to happen. And it doesn't appear imminent right now. So those industries are 
without any financial support. It's it's really they're putting them they're put, they're really in a, a difficult uh, circumstance. Uh, I think other kinds of industries are are finding a new normal. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Pals, and we talked to their new CEO, and what he said was that they're they're not in crisis mode anymore because they can't be. This is how it's going to be for a while, and so they're starting to make long term adaptations. And I think we're seeing that out of businesses that they're adapting for the long term. Uh, anticipating that they're going to have to get ready for this to be different for a long period of time. And so for PALS, for example, that means limiting the number of people in stores, mm-hmm. you know, beefing up their website, things like that. I know other retailers are, are doing the same. Who was it I just saw yesterday? Somebody who you wouldn't think of as a, an online retailer. I think it might have been the toy store on our block or, you know, just up the block. They said, come to our website and you can order here. It's just a neighborhood toy store. But, you know, order here and we'll bring it to you when you come. And I think I think that lots of people are going to make that adaptation now uh, because they have to. So uh, let's switch gears to another, you know, calamity we've experienced as a state recently, the wildfires. Um, What's the economic fallout been? I know we're still unpacking and literally you know, removing all the debris and the physical signs of this devastating event. But what does that mean economically for for the state? Well, you're exactly right, Andrew, that people are, are just beginning right now to calculate um, what they've lost. Josh Lehner, uh, an economist for the, the Oregon Office of Economic Analysis, he's just excellent on this stuff. And he, he did some immediate work on it. And based on his calculations, you know, the state lost you know, 4,000 housing units, uh, and those that housing and the belongings inside them were worth a billion dollars in aggregate. So by any measure, that's a, a huge sum. Uh, people will get maybe three quarters of that back, he said, based on past insurance payments. So, you know, there will be some, some construction associated with it, mm-hmm. but it's not clear, you know, whether it will meet what we're what will ha- what will be built will be enough to make up for what we lost in terms of housing in that and then there's a long term risk uh you know we talked about earlier downtown and the image that that has well you know for 2 weeks you couldn't go outside in any part of the state right practically any part of the state the smoke was unbearable and it's changing Oregon's image as a, a place where, hey, you can go and fresh air and go outside. Uh, Lehner and, and other economists, they they say that Portland's key economic advantage over the past decade has been this is a place people want to come. We've been attracting young, smart, educated migrants who are bringing skills the state needs. And they're, as much as coming for work, they're bringing a lo- employers along behind them. But if people don't want to come here anymore, that rug goes out from under us and and it could be a, a real drag on our economy. It, it's an open question whether that'll happen. I mean, it's it's not just Oregon that's having, you know, environmental issues or economic ones. It may be that we still look relatively good uh, to other places, or it may be things improve in aggregate over time. You know, the last two out of the last three years, we've had horrible wildfire seasons, but perhaps that isn't the new normal. Perhaps those were aberrations. We'll just have to wait and see. That livability argument is difficult to calculate, right? Economically, it's kind of a feel uh, more than anything else. 
Yeah, it's definitely part of Oregon's brand. It's hard to put a dollar figure to it, but uh, we can see those benefits from it, you know, unambiguously in the, the demographics of the people who have been moving to Oregon and the wealth that they've brought into the state. So, yeah, if our brand is damaged, it's bad. What else are you and uh, your team tracking in terms of uh, business and economic issues right now? Well, both Jamie Goldberg and our colleague Jeff Manning are looking hard at workplace rules. Workplace outbreaks appear to be a major factor in continued coronavirus, high coronavirus levels in Oregon. We've had one employer on the coast, Pacific Seafood, has had a number of issues. And, uh, you know, the labor activists are wanting to push for more protections. Are you know, our OSHA, our, our, our workplace safety agency in the state, is not set up to deal with the pandemic. And they have not implemented a lot of new mandates around it. There's guidelines, there's rules, uh, but there haven't been big penalties for companies that haven't been complying. Mm-hmm. And particularly in small towns uh, in eastern Oregon and, uh, and on the coast, uh, from Hermiston to, to Newport, there have been succession of issues where uh, outbreaks associated with the workplace have had a major impact in an entire community and perhaps, you know, spreading out across the state. So both Jamie and Jeff are looking at that. Jeff's just written about Nike layoffs that they announced last summer. Those are starting to, to take place now. Those are not related to the pandemic. Those are related to a corporate restructuring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nike has a new CEO, John Donahoe, who is focused on digital sales Early indications are that's a very fruitful area for Nike, whose stock is at an all-time high and who did surprisingly well last quarter. But as they restructure, there are going to be cuts. And at least, well, they said more than 500 in Oregon, and we're starting to see those now. So we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, before I let you go, Mike, can you talk a little bit about a new feature that we're um, providing to uh, subscribers um, called subtext and kind of how people can interact with you and, and other business reporters? Yeah, th- this is a, a subscription service. Uh, receive text alerts from us. We'll probably send a couple a day and we're going to give people a heads up on on what we're seeing in the news, things like what we're talking about today. We're talking about Store closures, business closures, business openings, economic indicators, the tech industry, um, things that are driving the state's economy or derailing it. Uh, everything from you know a, a prominent business opening or closing to you know unemployment rates, mm-hmm. uh, big shifts in the state's economic trajectory. Those are the sorts of things we'll be we'll be looking at, and it's. It's a interactive service. You can send us responses. Uh, we'll get back to you. It's not a group text. You know, you won't get on a blast. You'll probably just get a couple messages a day. But if you write to us, we'll write back. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be engaged. And so it's just another way to to communicate with our readers. Well, that's a pretty cool feature, and we'll share a link to that in the episode notes. Um, thanks as always for your analysis and insight on this stuff, and for taking time to talk about it. Yeah, glad to do it, Andrew. It's great talking to you. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian. If you're interested in subscribing to our business news text service, I shared a link in the episode notes. 
If you like this show, please give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or tell a friend. Help spread the word. Until next time.